My self-concept as a farmer was really suffering because I couldn't grow potatoes. Until this year. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Welcome to our podcast of June the 19th, 2014. We are excited because we finally think we have figured out a way to grow potatoes. This is as distinguished from sweet potatoes. We've had no, well, we've had some little false starts with sweet potatoes, but the, the ones that have really given us a trouble are conventional potatoes. That's right, and it's, we don't eat a lot of potatoes. Uh, for one thing, it's not, you know, the, the regular Irish potatoes or russet potatoes tend to have a lot of carbs, and I try to steer clear of that, but... Uh, there's some other kinds of potatoes that I would like to grow, and just we just haven't been successful doing it. So it's it's been a disappointment because I hear so many people talking about how they grow them, and I have some Irish ancestors, and I know they must have grown potatoes. I wondered I was beginning to doubt my Faulkner roots, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, given a choice, we would always prefer sweet potatoes. Um, however, it's like you say, it's sort of your the proof of your bona fides as a farmer that you ought to be able to grow potatoes. And so we've kept at it uh, over the years. Um, You want to sort of walk us through the history of our life with potatoes? Yes, I think, um, you know, probably over the years we've, on each podcast, when we've had a disappointment, we've mentioned it. But uh, let's, let's do an overview. The first year, I'd say about four years ago, I tried to plant potatoes. Well, I did. I didn't just try. I dug out there and planted potatoes in unamended soil. That is the soil that was just out there on Veg Hill after we finished clearing. And it was hard pan. At least that section of Veg Hill was just, I mean, you could, you just had to crack it with a, you know, sledgehammer. And I didn't know any better. I just kind of stuck the potatoes in the ground And, uh, of course, they just didn't have... I actually did get some potato plants that came up, but they didn't produce anything. These were blue potatoes and little fingerling potatoes, sort of exotic That's it. I got excited about those because I had been to Peru uh, a number of years ago and had some of the heirloom varieties that they still sell down there. Like, I had gone out to a restaurant and had some blue potatoes that were wonderful, and... um, uh, then when I went to Ecuador a couple of years after that, I would go to the market and see these beautiful little fingerling potatoes. And I and I had some in a restaurant, and they would just melt in your mouth. So that's what I was trying to plant. I mean, and I I did plant them, but they weren't they didn't really come to so anything. So as you say, we did have little sprigs of potato leaves come up out of yeah. the ground, but we never had a crop. Right, we never, never had, had a any crop. tubers. No, nothing approaching it. So the second year, by then, we had gotten, we had learned about amending our soil. We had better soil. Um, and I decided then, okay, I'm not going to, you know, keep ordering these expensive potatoes. So um, I believe that was the year I went to just the feed and seed and bought some. Uh, the first year I did it. I've Well, you'll find that I'm about to 
to continue doing that. But I just said, let me experiment with these. So I took those and I, I knew how to cut them up and make sure the eyes were going the right way and all of that. And the soil was better. But for whatever reason, we still had an extremely small harvest. And I really think a lot of that was owing to the fact that I was not hilling the potatoes the way I should. Um, they sort of got away from me. I know we had some some insect problems too. But anyway, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. But we just pretty much got nothing. Okay, then last year, the third year, uh, right before it was potato planting time, I began to realize we had major problems with voles in the garden. As a matter of fact... Um, we've done several podcasts about voles because they've, they've been such a, a problem for us. Well, the year before that, we had planted sweet potatoes in right into the ground. This is before we did our raised beds. And um, the voles got the sweet potatoes. That's how I knew I had a problem. And I thought, well, I'll be darned if I'm going to plant a bunch of any kind of potatoes in the soil just to have voles come eat them. I mean, with those sweet potatoes, I'd pull the green stalk out of the ground and there was nothing attached. It was just like, had been eaten. So last year I tried buckets. We stacked and this up was buckets. one of several methods that were covered in a video that you and I helped to produce seven with Mary way- McCrone. Right. Seven, seven ways, ways with spuds. Seven That's ways with it. spuds. And, and it was this, one of the seven ways. Right. And it was the one that I thought, okay, I can do this because we had access to plenty of buckets. We took the bottoms out of some so that they could be stacked up when the potatoes grew taller, and I did stuff hay down in there around them. I mean, I kept them mulched, but again, nothing. I mean, a very low harvest. I may have pulled out two or three little tiny potatoes that really... Yeah, they were almost comical. It they was were almost so comical. small. And... So it wasn't really a harvest at all. And then this year, I said, okay, forget the buckets. That didn't work well for me. And I've, I know plenty of people for whom that method does work. So I don't want to discourage somebody from trying it, but it didn't for me, and I'm sure it's something I did. Maybe I didn't water it enough. In fact, that may be an issue as well. But this year, I put I went back to the raised beds, and before we planted the potatoes, we had vole-proofing on the bottom of those raised beds. So I was no longer afraid to plant them just out in the soil because I knew the voles couldn't get there, at least from underneath. Um, and... I once again went to the feed and seed store and bought the least expensive. Uh, I got red potatoes this time, little seed potatoes I could. Probably spent a whole dollar on a bag full. Cut them up the appropriate way, buried them the appropriate depth. And um, Why said, don't you talk about what the appropriate way is and the appropriate depth? Yeah, it was depth. about, you know, several. It, a lot depends on the time of year, but it seems like it was still kind of cool and I was burying them down and maybe two inches or something. And how did you cut them up? Just with one eye per yeah, you, chunk? You, well, it's better to have at least two eyes per chunk. All right. And you want to make sure the eyes face up because that's where your plant's going to grow up. So, you know, um, or if you have really small seed potatoes, you can just plant the like, you know, the size of a half dollar or something. Just stick that puppy in the ground. And the soil in which you planted them was our good raised bed topsoil, so it yes. was pretty loose. Yes, not it, hard packed at right. all. Right, it was it was loose, and and we overcame the problem that I had the first year with that. So I planted the seed potatoes and spaced them and all you know enough and and. Um, and this is drip irrigated, so they yes. have plenty of water and on a regular was, basis. That was a key because at the time. They were planted. Now, you don't want them to rot either, but it was they were watered along with everything else. In fact, I planted some tomato plants 
down the way from them. And, you know, I kept all my nightshades together. I had my potatoes and tomatoes and peppers on that same row. Um, so they got the same amount of water as the potato, the tomatoes. So then as the plant grew, I knew I was supposed to hill up the potatoes. You can do it with soil or with some kind of mulch. So I chose hay. We have an abundant supply of hay. And I just, every time the the potato leaves would get larger, I'd go out and mound around them so that only a few leaves were sticking out. And then finally, though, it got to be ludicrous. I mean, I was doing it and the potato plants were growing like crazy. They were so tall. And finally, I just, after I was exhausting myself, planting hay around, putting hay around the, the base, as well as, you know, you can picture a 12 inch out of the ground raised bed and then all this hay higher than that at some point I just said, you know, I just can't keep doing this. I was well, you were concerned out. that it was just going to fall over into the aisle. Yeah, and I was wearing myself out using up all the hay. And I said, you know, I'm just going to let this go. That was probably the best thing I could have done. I, don't, I can't explain it. But uh, what did fall into the aisles is that later the potato plants got so tall and it rained and, you know, they just kind of flopped over into the aisles. And my as my tomato plants grew... I realized, oh, they need more air circulation than they're getting. And the potato plants You're were blocking it. You're a fiend for air circulation to your tomatoes. Now, You've learned that yes, that's a really important part learned. of it. I have learned. So I finally just said, and I knew that by the time some of the leaves started to turn, um, that I could at least hope for some potatoes. So they weren't dead. Now, I, you know, I have certainly read and been told when the leaves start to turn, when they're yellow and it's the plant, the top of the plant's dead looking that's time to dig your potatoes. Well, I didn't wait that long. And it could be I could have gotten more potatoes than I did had I done so. But for the sake of my tomato plants that needed more air circ circulation, for the sake of just not having t potato plants sprawling into the aisles, I just decided I'm ready. This I'd had some of them bloom and they, they gave signals that I might hope to at least get a few small potatoes. Well, got lots of potatoes. And we'll have a picture <laughs> of the harvest um, and about available. how much square footage of garden soil did you use for your potatoes this year? I used half a raised bed, so probably about eight feet. So it's four by four. No, it's eight by four. Four by eight. And I did plant them three across. Yeah. So, um, you know, they grew fine, and the voles did not get in there and get them. And um, when I started digging them, well, the first thing I did was just pull the potato plant up. And it would have all these little and some big potatoes attached to the root. I thought, great, I'm getting a lot of potatoes. And I dug around and thought I had them all. Went back out there the day before yesterday to plant something else in that spot. And probably two to three days after I had harvested the first time, there were more potatoes. In you the found ground. probably half as many again yes. as you had originally yes. thought you had. Uh, just lurking underneath the soil. Right. We assume now we've gotten most of them, but we don't know that for I sure. I really dug around really well with my hands and the shovel, and I'm pretty sure that I did. But I was delighted with the harvest, and the potatoes were a good size. We had a few that would, I would say, almost the size of a small baking potato, and then some that were just sort of round. It's like your ideal-sized little red potato, and then some that were much smaller, like new potatoes, and then some that were about like a, you know, a small radish. So, uh, which told me, yes, if I had left those potatoes longer, I could have had more. Mm -hmm. But I am not complaining. I'm very happy with what we have. 
So we're proud to claim success with our potato approach this year. Uh, where do we go from here? Well, and, and let's see if there's anything else we um, want to say about that harvest. I think I would say the hay was a good idea. Even though you could use soil, that was a good idea. Um, and I would do that in the future. And just so you know, our hay is not prime hay that you would feed to livestock. It's spoiled hay that we get for a reduced price. So it doesn't have to be the the really good stuff. It can be no, no, kind of no. nasty, yeah, um, rotten, sort of half rotten. Half rotten. In fact, it had been sitting out there for a while, and some of it was. Um, but and I, probably it's better not to use. I did try to make it a point to get the drier hay to put to have contact yeah, with which the makes plants, sense. which made sense, right? Um, so where do we go from here? I think if we've got such a great product, then. Uh, for one thing, I would start with an heirloom variety. I'm ready now to try um, spending a little more money to get the blue potatoes. There are some that are red all the way through. There are some, the fingerlings that we talked about. Just uh, something that they, I'm assuming has a little more nutritional value. I don't know that for a fact. but um, And more interesting flavor, More perhaps. interesting flavor, yes. Some of the ones I've had, like I said, in South America and Central America, um, were you almost didn't need to put any butter on them or anything they just had a wonderful flavor and um, there's also a yellow potato that we have not tried to yeah, grow at all I might try some might of those be too. interesting to try that i think any and all and if i'm going to go big on this maybe dedicate an entire bed to the potatoes um so it, where there's not been any nightshade planted of course um so yes that's one thing i would do differently and <clears throat> Um, maybe buy some seed potatoes just of the red. I mean, I, I like those little red potatoes, too. I made some really killer uh, potatoes they on gratin. We had potatoes. And, of course, you know, you add enough butter, cheese, and onion to almost anything, and it becomes delicious. That's right. But this was delicious. Uh, potatoes, mm -hmm. you called it potatoes au gratin. It's kind of a potato casserole. No, it was a recipe called potatoes au gratin. Oh, okay. I, that's what I got. Fair enough. And this particular recipe did not call for onions. Yeah, I think you can make it either way. As you said, it's kind of hard to mess it up. You know, either anyway, it's going to be good. Um, I am not sure how to save my seed potatoes I, I i presume i could just cut up my own potatoes and start a new crop at some point it's not the right time of the year but what you have to be careful of is some of the potatoes that you buy in a grocery store have been treated not to sprout so you don't want to use those and because you want them to sprout i mean this is that's how they of course propagate so um you know if you can find potatoes the time of year when you need to plant them, and that's usually around February, March, uh, that are not treated, then they could be just cut up and used as seed potatoes. But we should be able to save our own potatoes and use them as seed potatoes. If they last long enough, you? you know. Okay. That's the question. All right. Yeah. Um, but I'd say people who are in the business of selling these potatoes probably have some kind of cold storage and where they can keep them longer to... Um, have them available at the right time of year, and yeah. I don't know that I'm set up for that, but I, I'm willing to try anything. Well, that's a priority for you and me because the whole idea of this is to become resilient, and that means 
being able to save our own seed and save our own seed potatoes and so forth. So we'll try to figure out some way to do that. And of course, if we are successful in doing so, we'll tell you all about it. Well, that's uh, sort of the chapter and verse on potatoes for us. Hope it's a good week for you. And we will look forward to visiting with you next time. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.